Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 148 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today, another Thursday, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this topic with you. And actually, this topic is a big inspiration for the Get Over Your X Challenge, and more specifically, the timing of the Get Over Your X Challenge, but I'll talk about that in a second. Before we dive in today's topic, which we're going to talk all about being single and the holidays and the triggers that come with that and how to not just survive, but thrive. Before we get there, I just want to take a quick reminder to one, if you're just listening to this episode and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please take a second to hit subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. I release four episodes a month on Thursdays. The first and third Thursdays are podcast coaching episodes where I will bring women on from the Love Action Tribe, which which is my membership community, and I coach them on a question or a topic they bring to me. And then the second Thursday is me doing a solo episode on a topic that's been close to my heart or just a question that either someone from the community has asked me or just something that's coming up with my clients over and over again. I'm like, wow, I bet this is probably also relevant to a lot of other women too. And then the fourth episode or the fourth Thursday is a guest expert. So I'm really excited about this month's guest expert. I invited my friend Veronica Peretti, we share a namesake, back onto the podcast and she's going to give us a little astro astrological forecast into 2019. And so that's going to come at the very end of this month. And if there happens to be a fifth Thursday of the month, then we take that Thursday off. So you can catch up on old episodes. And I can have a little bit of a breather because I like to walk my talk. 
Okay, so if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click subscribe. And if you haven't taken a moment to leave a quick rating or review, please, please do that. It really helps to grow the show and to help ensure that I can continue the show as it gets into the earbuds of more women just like you. So all you have to do is just scroll down from the main page of your podcast, um, of this podcast on your iTunes player, and keep scrolling, keep scrolling, and you'll you'll see some stars, tap the stars. And then if you have an extra 30 seconds, please, please leave a review. And thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so much. I read every single one of them. And honestly, it just warms my heart so, so much. So all this week, I've been running the Get Over Your Ex Challenge. And the reason that I decided to run the challenge is, well, a lot of reasons. One, if there's one thing that serves as a catalyst to get women to um, actually, you know, look at, okay, what's going on in my life? What's going on in my love life and my relationships that's gotten to me where I am? It's definitely a breakup. A breakup is a huge catalyst like that. And so, and I also noticed that a lot of the women who were working with me one-on-one or in the incubator or in the Love Action Tribe were usually coming off some sort of breakup. And so I'm like, wow, I just need to create something um, for them because this is just so many of the women who are um, coming to me. And it makes sense because that'll obviously be the catalyst to get you to start Googling or searching on iTunes for something that can support you. So the Get Over Your Ex Challenge is a five-day challenge that walks you through the five steps to get over an ex that does not include watching a bunch of Netflix or drinking a bunch of wine, even those things might feel good for a hot minute, we all know that that's not really going to create the transformation that you're really seeking. So you can um, attract the type of guy or the the type of partner that you want. And the reason why I wanted to run it this time of year is because I know how triggering this time of year can be. It's like all the couples are coming out of the woodwork, going to do cute things. And you're just like, oh, I hate them, yet I want what they have. And it's just like this turmoil because you're feeling jealous, but don't want to be jealous. And so we're going to talk all about that and more. So obviously, the Get Over Your Ex Challenge really focuses on um, just really moving through the holidays and really doing what you need to do to move forward rather than A, just sulking all holiday season, B, coupling up with someone just for the sake of coupling up, or C, and probably maybe the worst option, which is contacting your ex. And I obviously have a lot of opinions about that. And if you're in the Get Over Your Ex Challenge, you know them quite well, probably at this point, if you've been following along. But what I want to do is go over some common triggers revolving family and New Year's and questions of like, so when are you going to meet someone? Or are you going to bring someone back home next year? Um, I want to walk you through just some things that you can do to, to cope and to manage because, you know, we can't just you know, live with our head in the sand over the next few weeks just to make it through the holidays. Um, But you actually can, um, yeah, really, really thrive. So one more thing before we get there is I just want to let you know that depending on exactly when you're listening to this episode, right now we're finishing up the Get Over Your Ex Challenge, but just in a few days, I'm going to open up my membership community, the Love Action Tribe for enrollment one more time this year. So if you've been thinking about joining or, um, have been kind of looking at it from the sidelines and you're ready to dive in or at least give it a whirl, then this will be a great time because I just really feel like there's a lot of energy around doing this kind of work with the new the new year coming and January and resolutions and Valentine's Day and New Year's and all that kind of stuff. So what you can do is right now head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. And if you're listening to this like right when the show comes out, then the wait list will still be up because the tribe won't be open yet and you can always 
always put your name and email there so that you're definitely one of the first to know when the tribe reopens. Um, or if you're listening to this a few days after this episode came out, then the tribe is likely open. And I would love, love to have you join us. And I would be so honored and um, humble to serve you. So again, just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe. It's the same place to go whether or not the tribe's open or closed. If it's open, you can join. If it's closed, it'll automatically load the wait list page. And I really wanted to do um, this tribe for two reasons. One is because of the community that it can build. And I know a lot of women feel like they're the only single ones or everyone else in their neighborhood is married and has kids or moving on with their, you know, life and put that all in air quotes and um, and I just wanted, you know, you just not feel so alone and to have, um, whether they're virtual friends or real life friends with, you know, who you can really connect to with this kind of stuff. And what's really interesting is that the tribe has grown, you know, to be fairly big size now. And so if you're in a major city, city in the US and Canada, um, and even probably if you're in London or, in the major city in Australia, then there's a really good chance that there is somebody who is actually local to you in your city. And so you can actually meet up for coffee and have, you know, real life friend date, which would just be incredible. So that's one big reason. The other big reason is because I didn't want it to be like a program that lasts like six weeks, eight weeks, and then it's like, boom, you're done. Because things happen, right? Like, and, and you're always growing, you're always evolving, there's always other layer to peel back. And so I like the idea of just having a community where you can just get that continuous support no matter where you are on your journey and your evolution and your love life and really just your life in general. So I would love to have you join us when we open next week. Again, veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe is the place to go to join us or to join the waitlist depending on when you land there. So we're going to talk about three different things for, you know, that might come up for you during the holiday. So the one are triggers. The second thing is jealousy. And the third thing is yearning to contact an ex. Now I'm not going to go too, too much into that because that's really what the get over your ex challenge was all about. But I'll just, you know, share some highlights there. So what I want to start with is triggers and just some ways to deal with triggers. And what I mean by triggers and how I define triggers is triggers is, you know, you're being triggered when your emotions are greater than the experience that you just had. So for example, let's say you've been dating someone for six months, right? And then he sends you a text and was like, hey, you know, I just don't think this is going to work anymore. Sorry. And you're just devastated and you're crying and you just want to drink some wine and watch Netflix. Maybe I'm just describing my experience. I don't know. But you're just really upset, like just really heartbroken. You're shocked. You're angry. You're just feeling all the feels. I wouldn't say that's being triggered. I would say that is an appropriate response for what happened. You've been dating for someone for six months, and then out of the blue, they text you to break up with you. That really freaking hurts, right? And so having a strong emotional response to that is normal, right? Whereas let's say you just went on one date with someone, or maybe even like a couple dates with someone, and you have the same exact response. Well, I wouldn't expect you to sulk and to have a whole weekend of feeling sorry for yourself and feeling sad and mad and angry and all that kind of stuff because you didn't even know the guy. Your feelings that you're feeling isn't about the guy, right? Because you you had like one date with him, right? Or two dates, right? You don't know even who he is really. And so what this tells me is that this isn't about the person that you're really upset about, but he pushed some button. He pushed some deeper wound or reopened that or scratched or bumped up against that and that is what's opening up. And that is a trigger. So 
If you're scrolling along Instagram or Facebook and you see an engagement or like a pregnancy announcement or just, I don't know, anything else or your friend's in a relationship and you're like, how the hell is she in a relationship or whatever? Those are all being triggered because those emotional responses are stronger than the experience that you're actually having in reality. So here's a couple things that I like to do in order to counter that. So one is simply removing as many triggers as you can. However, I know we're not going to stick our head in the sands, you know, for the next few weeks, and I don't encourage you to do that. However, maybe taking some time off social media might not be a bad idea. Um, I was just talking with a client earlier this week, and she is, I encouraged her, I should say, to change some of her New Year's plans because her New Year's plans was going to be with just a bunch of couples, right? And so if you have some New Year's plans yourself or Christmas plans or whatever, and you know you're going to be the only single person there or one of the only single people there, like, and you know that's going to be really triggering for you, then you're allowed to make different plans, whether they're plans just with yourself or some plans with other people, that, um, you know, that that aren't all in a couple. Uh, one thing that a uh, good idea for you to look for if you're looking for some New Year's plans that might be really supportive for you and not just around a bunch of couples is a lot of yoga studios will have classes on New Year's Eve. Sometimes they're earlier in the evening. Um, when I worked at a studio in Washington, D.C., we actually had a two hour yoga class that started at 10 o'clock at night and then it ended right at the new year. So you woke up in Shabbos and it was like 12.01. So really cool. So, you know, yoga studios might have things like that for you to look for. That's a total side note, but I just wanted to mention that if you do find yourself needing to create some new New Year's plans. So the first thing is just to remove as many triggers as you can. And it's it doesn't mean you're bad, doesn't mean you're mean or you're flaky. It just means that you're being uh, self-honoring and you're honoring how you feel and how you want to feel. And it's honoring your attempt to feel good or at least feel better most of the time. And another thing to do is when you do get triggered, because again, you will, because we're not, I'm not asking you to stick your head in the sand, is to focus on being responsive rather than being reactive. And it might take a little bit of detective work to figure out, okay, what is being reactive versus being responsive? So maybe being reactive is going immediately into jealousy and like trying to knock her off her pedestal or um, going into sulking or whatever it is, right? We're all going to have different reactions that we might take as a result of Um, being triggered and just begin to notice what those actions are and then see what you can do to be more responsive. So some things that I like to do to be more responsive are to, okay, where is this coming from? And I just pause and I ask myself, when have I felt like this before? How old do I feel? What is this really about? What's the wound that's really going on here? And I'll just ask myself that and kind of coach myself through it. And if I have time, sure, maybe I'll grab my journal and jot some thoughts down. But for the most part, I'm usually <clears throat> out and about doing something. And that's why I'm getting triggered. So pulling out a journal in that moment is probably not really going to be the most practical thing for me to do. And so I'm just going to kind of talk myself through it. And then I'll bring it up in a journaling session later on or in a meditation session later on um, or something like that. So I can begin to work through it. But what is being responsive versus reactive look like for you? And then make a commitment to start doing those things. And then the third thing when you get triggered is, and, and this is mostly related to when people are actually triggering you based because they're asking you questions that, you know, might be 
bumping up a core wound or not even a core wound, but just a wound or a sensitive spot in general. So asking for things, asking things like, you know, let's say you're at a party or family event and you're being asked, oh, well, when are you going to bring someone home? Or, oh, are you still single? Or what's your relationship situation like? Or what's your love life like? You know, just anything that's asking a really personal question. And what I find a lot among women, especially, is that women feel an obligation to answer. You know, oh, this person asked me a question, and I don't want to disappoint or start a fight or an argument, so I really should answer. And I just want to tell you that that logic is really flawed. You don't have to share anything that you don't want to. It's private information. And sharing private information is very much an earned privilege. I don't care if it's your mom or your sister or your grandma or your auntie or whoever it is. If you don't feel safe sharing the information, then you do not have to. That is a privilege, not a right. Now, if your aunt ask or your aunt, whatever you say, I say aunt, but I said auntie before, so now I'm saying aunt for some reason. But if your aunt, for example, asks you, a question about your love life and you have a close relationship with her and you want to share, then by all means, go for it. This is more of when someone asks you a question that feels really intrusive and you feel like you should answer, but you really don't want to, but you also don't want to start like a thing or an argument or make it awkward. And so I just want to share a few little things or a few little things you can say to deflect the question and, um, and move on to the next. So let's say someone says, oh, well, you know, when are you going to bring someone home? Or what's going on in your love life? Are you still single? Or, you know, something like that. You can just say something simply like, oh, I really appreciate your concern. But yes, I'm really great. How are you? And you just change the subject, you ping it back off to them, and then boom, new subject, and you can just move the conversation where you need it to go. And the second thing that I really like to say is, you know, let's say someone, oh, well, when are you going to bring someone home or, you know, whatever, something like that. Maybe this is more of a question around like when or what's going on, something like that. And you would say something like, oh, I don't know, but it's not really something I talk about in public. And how are you doing? How's your year? Um, again, just flinging the question right back at them. So basically, it's just appreciating and acknowledging, yep, I hear your concern. I really appreciate it. And how are you? And you're setting a firm boundary of, you know, this is, I'm really great. Life is good. How are you? Or I don't talk about something like this in public. Okay, that's great. Or I don't really want to talk about this right now. That's setting that boundary. And how are you doing? So it's still showing that, um, that kindness and that consideration for, you know, because you generally want genuinely want to know their well-being, which is a lot better than saying, oh, why are you asking me this or just storming off or I don't want to talk about this or why have to bring this up? You know, that can obviously create the conflict um, and the awkwardness that maybe you're trying to avoid. And of course, you don't have to answer the question directly because unless that has been a privilege that has been reached with that relationship, it is your information and therefore you get to decide um, you know, what you do with it. Okay, so this is all about triggers. And the next thing I want to talk about is jealousy. And jealousy obviously is can be very tied to triggered or, or triggers because jealousy in a way can be a result of feeling triggered, you know, seeing like those Facebook posts of engagements or, you know, whatever else. And so I want to share a few things that you can do when you are feeling jealousy, because what I what I notice a lot among my clients and just women in the community is that women will feel very guilty for feeling jealous. They'll feel like bad, like, oh, I should be happy for them, but I'm just not. I'm just feeling jealous and I'm 
annoyed and I'm frustrated and I can't figure out like what they're doing and what I'm not doing and right and it can just go down this whole whole path and then the guilt thing just makes it literally just loop and over and over and over again and it can just be it can feel really difficult it can feel a lot like hell if you are you know um uh, allowing yourself to go there. So let's go over a few things you can do if you're feeling jealous, whether it's in person with someone or if you are just on social media and you are noticing feeling that triggered, that jealous feeling. So the first thing is, and this is more of like if you actually are with someone um, like at a party or some sort of an event, is to hold your tongue and especially in terms of avoiding backhanded compliments and sneering remarks. Now, I only put this in here. I'm not saying everyone does this when they get jealous, but I know I do for sure. Like if someone was moving to a place that I was really kind of jealous, like, oh, they got to live there, then I would just say, oh, but it's really cold there. Or like, oh, it must be really hot there. Or oh, it must be really expensive there. And, and there are just... And it's just a crappy thing to do. And I feel awful that I am sharing this because it's not necessarily my uh, highest point. But for sure, when people have told me things about their jobs or their relationships or the city they're going to move to, and there's just a little part of me that was jealous because they have something that I don't have and maybe I want it, then I would be the queen at a backhanded compliment. Like, oh, that's nice. But I don't know. It feels a little expensive to me. Um, So let's avoid that, right? And just being genuinely positive and happy for someone, you know, on their relationship status or job promotion or whatever it is, because I really do believe that that's how we attract more of what we actually want. And that kind of backhandedness, that kind of sneering kind of attitude is actually resistance. And when we resist things like that, it's actually really hard to attract more of what it is we're looking for. Now, I'm not going to go too much farther into that because that's getting into manifesting, which is a whole other can of worms, which will be another episode for another day. However, kind of on that same line, one thing that I really like to do that helps me to stay more positive is say to myself, you know, especially when I notice I'm getting triggered is to redirect direct the thoughts to amazing what I want exists. So I'm going to go down this, you know, normally my mind might go down like, oh, what is like, what is she doing? Or what does she have? Or how can she figure this out? Or, you know, whatever the questions I'm asking myself instead, I'm going to catch myself as soon as I realize and now it's much sooner. You know, at first I could go down that road for a good 10, 15 minutes, which can be a little harder to pull yourself out of. Um, But I would just immediately redirect the thoughts to amazing what I want exists. Because here's the thing and here's what this means. If you wanted something that didn't exist, not that you couldn't have it, it just would be a lot harder to get it because you would have no example or proof that you could to go on or that or that what you want even exists. But if someone gets engaged, and they met this person like a year ago, and they're just really happy, and they're really moving great and for and strong in their relationship, or if someone gets a raise, or, um, you know, moves to a city they're really excited about or loves, and they were able to do that, because they just took one step at a time in order to make the things happen, then this is good news, because it exists. And if they can do it, you can do it too. And jealousy is really just an, an, a separation. It's illusion, an illusion of separation. And it's the, the and it's a misunderstanding too, because the misunderstanding is they're different, they're better, they're on a different plane than me because they were able to get in a relationship or they were able to make more money or they were able to have this or do that or whatever. But the more you can just see it as more of like, okay, they're not on a different plane, they're just on a different part of the continuum on like the road that you're on, so to speak, like, okay, great. They're just a few steps ahead of me. 
and what I want exists, which means if I keep going down this road, I'm going to get it because it's down that road. Like I've seen it, right? Whereas like if you were traveling down a road and you're like, I don't know, New York may or may not be into this road, then like, I don't, <laughs> you know, you may not be spending your time and your energy in the best way possible. But if you're going down a road and someone else is just further down it and they have what you want, then that gives you proof that yes, this works. And I just need to keep going. I'm on the same level as them. They're not better. They're not worse. I'm not better. I'm not worse than them. And for me, that has really helped me so much to not only ground myself, but to ground the people around me that I was so called jealous of, so that we could all um, just be on that same plane rather than me looking up to a bunch of different people in a way that wasn't like, I'm looking up to them and like, you know, like as a mentor, but I'm looking up to them as in a way that they're, they're better than me. So what I want exists. This is great news, good news. And the other thing that I that I like to to do a lot is to also get really clear on what it is beyond the material thing that they have that I'm really jealous of. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're really jealous of your friend who got into a relationship and he's a really great guy. And you're like, what the hell? How did she get him? What did she do? Did she like, I don't know, like, this doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't, you know, I'm really jealous of her. I want that. I feel like I'm doing all the things and I'm not getting that blah, 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 blah. Right. So you can be jealous of your friend for having that relationship for, you know, as long as you want to be, obviously, it's not going to feel great. But at the end, at the end of the day, you really don't have direct control over exactly when you're going to attract your person. And so it just feels a little bit like being on a hamster wheel, because you're just running, 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 running. But you don't know if you're going anywhere and when and if you're going to get there, right? So what you can do instead is, okay, other than the fact that this this friend is in a relationship, what is it about her that you're really jealous of and that you have complete control over? So, for example, let's say this friend also, when you really think about it, she's actually fairly confident and she asks for what she wants, right? Well, you don't have to wait until you have a partner to start being confident and to ask for what you want, right? You can start doing that now. And maybe that's part of, you know, an attribute that allowed her to attract the guy that she that she has, right? So so just ask yourself, okay, what is it about her that I'm really jealous of? And how can I cultivate that now? So maybe it's the confidence, maybe it's she asks for what she wants. Um, maybe it's she doesn't, you know, put up with shit or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, you know, you'll be able to really f- see that when you're looking at these specific friendships or people that you might be jealous of. And you don't have to wait for anything in the world to cultivate that. And I'll give you another example. So, you know, obviously, I'm a life coach. And so like the queen of all life coaches is Oprah. She like basically invented the personal development industry. I mean, I don't know if she invented it, but she's a big pioneer. She's a big deal. Right. And so I could be jealous of her and like, man, she's got like literally millions of followers and makes a billion dollars and billions. I mean, she's just like, you know, there's so many reasons that I could be jealous of her, right? And just like wish I had her success or had her, you know, just level of business or, you know, her financial success or whatever, right? I could totally go down that route. But if I'm being really honest with myself, like as much as amazing as the success she's had, it's not really necessarily the kind of success, or at least the kind of goals that I have, especially in terms of my business, right? 
So what is it about Oprah that's not about the things she has that I could be jealous of? Well, one of the things that I greatly admire Oprah for is, and I think one of the reasons why she became really famous and became Oprah is because she was unabashedly herself and very honest and vulnerable on TV. Even, um, you know, when she started her show back in the 80s, her talk show back in the 80s, you know, and she was um, the first black woman of a host of a major um, of a um, of a TV show on a major television network, like that was a big that was big, big deal, right. And so that was already enough. But then she got on and like, wasn't trying to like, you know, be like, the perfect woman or be the perfect host, she was just being on being herself, right? Despite all the pressure that was probably coming along with not only just being a female host, but also being a female black host, right? And so and, and so if you listen to the podcast Making Oprah, she, they, they show that they play this clip, not show it, but they play the clip. And during like one of the first few minutes of her first episode in the 1980s, she says, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. I got hives under my armpits. And like, that was just like a ridiculous thing to say. Oh, I have hives under my armpits. Like she's like, so she's being vulnerable that way. She's being vulnerable and saying that she's nervous. On top of that, there's like all of the pressure of her being like the the first uh, first female black host. And that's already a big deal and enough. And there's already going to be enough eyeballs on her. And then for her to just really just say what's on her mind. For me, like that is just amazing and so admirable. And so I don't have to wait to have millions of followers to do that. I don't have to wait to have billions of dollars to do that. I can start doing that like right now. And, and this is something that I try to cultivate as much as I can in my emails and in my podcasts and on Instagram, especially Instagram stories and all those things like, and, and what's funny is that the more that I try to cultivate this thing that I'm jealous about in Oprah, but I can cultivate now. I don't have to wait on anything for anything to happen in order to have be able to do that. Then I often attract more of what I. Um, then I often attract more of the material, the outside world things that I desire. So something to think about: if you're jealous of your of a friend or you know girlfriend who is in a relationship, what is it really about them that you're jealous of? And then how can you start cultivating that right now? All right, so we have gone over triggers, we've gone over jealousy. And just for a second, I want to talk about getting over or yearning to contact an ex. We're not going to go too far into this because hopefully most of you have done the get over your ex challenge. If you haven't, and you're listening to this soon after the this episode airs, and you can still join us at get over your or veronicagrant.com forward slash get over your ex. Um, just so you can get some of the steps and the exercises to do. But here's one thing that I want you to ask yourself. If you ha- if you're desiring to contact your ex for whatever reason, even if it's just to wish him a Merry Christmas, and we know we all do that, but don't. But if you are really wanting to, what is it that you're really wanting to get, right? Even if you feel like, well, I just want to be a nice person and, you know, be take the higher road and just wish him a Merry Christmas. Like, no, there's probably something underneath that that's attached to some uh, you know, bigger thing that you are actually wanting. And so try to figure out what that is. And then how can you get that for yourself or from someone that you know, really loves you? Right? So don't contact your ex. Um, I am a big believer in 
clean, severed relationships because there's really no point in continuing the conversation, talking about the relationship or even keeping the friendship. Honestly, I find all of that bullshit. And it really is. And you can try me on it. Um, But I have had relationships where I just wanted to be friends afterwards because I thought that was a nice thing to do. Um, But really, really, I just wanted to keep some attachment, some string tying me to him so that maybe he'll realize that we really were meant to be together. There's like, there's some other intention underneath the desire to be to be friends. So obviously, some of you guys might have exes that you had either children or financial obligations with. And so obviously, you can't 100% sever the relationship. But I do highly recommend just keeping the relationship as logistical as possible, if that makes sense. So okay, you're gonna pick up the kids at three, great, I'm gonna pick them up at five the next day, or whatever it is, try to have the conversation as much as you can over text. And um, yeah, just keep it to the logistics and not so much about oh, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, because then if they don't respond or respond the way you want them to respond, then that's just gonna send you down a whole other tailspin. And it's just really not worth your time or energy. So don't go there. <laughs> um, I say that uh, kind of jokingly, but for really don't go there. Um, And I very rarely say do this or don't do that. But this I just can't um, stress enough. And I feel like I have to be a little bit firm because I know how easy it is to contact your ex and to justify contacting your ex. And I just really want to encourage you to stay strong. If you're in the get over your ex challenge, use that group's um, support to help you not do it. The group will be open for about a week or so after the challenge. If you're the in the love action tribe, then please use us in the tribe to um, do what you need to do to not contact him. And um, if you're in neither, then make sure you have a friend or someone you can turn to that can give you support and give you the love um, that you are actually seeking that you're trying to get from this ex, this person. You broke up for a reason, so leave it there. All right, my dear, that is the end of this episode. I will be back in your lovely earbuds next week with a brand new coaching episode, which I'm super excited about. And remember to join the Get Over Your X Challenge if you'd like. We've got a couple more days left, but more importantly, the Love Action Tribe is opening up one more time this year. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash tribe to join us. If you are going over there literally the day that this came out or the couple days after it came out, then the wait list will still be up. So you can sign up um, for the wait list just so you don't miss the opening. If you um, go next week, uh, the week of the 16th, then you should be able to join. And if you go after the 20th, the tribe will be closed again, but you can always join the wait list so that you can join us next time I open it next year. All right, my dears, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about by heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? 
Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart, and it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.